Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's getting his long johns ready, it's Arturo Zurita. I'm excited. Last year was still cold because, you know, still Chicago, you're still in New York, but I'm excited to go back to the actual freezing, I'm going to call it the tundra, but the, the mountains of Sundance, of uh, snowy Park City and Salt Lake. I'm excited, dude. You know, we've been yeah. watching a bunch of stuff from home, and we've been rooting for all the virtual festivals, which still this still kind of is, uh, but it's going to be really dope to go back to, you know, an actual festival to, to see you, Zach. I haven't seen you in damn near two years. I so. know. Since I'm... last Sundance, so the exactly. last Sundance we went to. I'm excited for for our reunion and just, yeah, the festival atmosphere. And there is something that's really kind of uh, magical. I don't I feel a little weird saying that, but like just to be in an environment where everybody is just excited to see movies. And they're not excited because like necessarily they have like a big star in them or whatever, because it's just excited to see movies that nobody's seen, right? And and mm-hmm. just experience that that uh collective experience together. You know, we, we were able to have it a different way last year and it's gonna be a little bit modified this year. Although for some people they're gonna stick to uh Sundance that's gonna be online. So we'll we'll talk about both of those options in a little bit. I uh, want to remind you all, if you're not already subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash, YouTube, YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod, uh, or the audio podcast is also available on most podcatchers. Do it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe on one of those channels. We really appreciate it. Or follow us on social media, also at Intercut Pod. All right, we're not going to delay. We're going to hang out for maybe the next hour, 15 minutes, something like that, and break down the Sundance schedule, uh, talk about the categories that we're most excited for, the films we're most excited for, maybe give you some advice on what movies to check out and how to do it. Let's start by checking out some of the uh, ticket packages because I know some people aren't so sure uh, what they want to... In- oh, this is my mic come out. Sorry. Uh, some people aren't so sure which uh, ticket package to uh, get in terms of what is the way best way to experience their festival. Um, I think there's a couple different good options if we're looking over here. Uh, so we have the festival package that is $750. That's the uh, top tier one at this year's festival. There is no kind of like all-access pass, which I think has been a little weird that they don't have that this year. It's different from past years. Yeah, they've um, completely switched it. Personally, I don't think that the packages are as good as they were last year, and I was really hyping them up, mainly because of the fact that last year, for $350, you were able to secure yourself some premiere showings the way that they uh, are doing it. And then the second virtual showings, you had like an all-access, as many as you can click. That has been doubled up in price to be 700 and what is it right there, $50? Yeah. And it reads to be the complete opposite. There is no all-you-can-eat buffet for the second round. It is just a total of, what does it say, 10 screenings? 15? 10. Just 10 screenings. Uh, And that includes right there, in person. So if you want to take it in person, because you can divvy them up however you want, that will count for an in-person. That will count for a premiere online screener and a secondary online screener as well. So when you divvy that up, 750 divided by 10, it comes nowhere near the price of what an individual ticket would be. I don't think that the math adds up, uh, again, unless they correct it and they do allow that secondary option where you're able to get as many secondary screenings like you were able to last year. Then, yeah, 750 is still steep but worth it. The way it's reading, I would. <laughs> it is better for you to get seven-day passes. You get more movies and more bang for your buck than you would with the 750 deal. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like the 750 I think is kind of there if you are just a huge fan of somebody, right? Like if you are a huge fan of Aubrey Plaza and you want to make sure that no matter what happens, you will get to see Emily the Criminal, then like maybe you should go for that pass because it will give you that first the round first of access, first dibs on certain movies that may or may not sell out. But if last year is any indication, most of these movies are going to be available. There's like a couple that, that sell out, but unless you're, you're going to be picky, um, th- there's a lot more flexibility with some of these other packages. 
one of those one of those options that's a little bit better is the awards winners package because at just three hundred dollars uh, to get eight movies that breaks down to be half as expensive per movie as the festival package. And because they're award winners, you're at least guaranteed some level of quality, I guess, or some level of acclaim mm-hmm. with these films, you know, for uh, hype, it, hype, right? Coda was the grand jury prize winner last year. And so if you wanted to make sure you saw whatever wins the grand jury prize this year, that might be your way into the festival. Uh, your other, another way into the festival, if you're going for that online option, like art is saying, is that day package that, uh, online only option. So for a hundred dollars, you get four screenings. So twenty five dollars a movie, uh, almost the cheapest option available to you, mm-hmm. um, and you get, you know, a full day of Sundance movies. Like like you were saying, you know, you can do the whole festival basically for seven hundred dollars, and then you're getting what is that seven times four? Uh, twenty eight movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally <laughs> way more than double of what you would be getting the other way around. Uh, and it's as many as you can fit in there, From if I'm not mistaken. Then just add the Explorer Pass because that's the only other thing that the other pass is giving you is that Explorer Pass that gives you all of the shorts. And I believe they're still doing it this year where they have the New Frontier. That is their section where they do all the VR stuff and a bunch of crazy things. I'm excited to go back to that one because they have like – you can literally put your hand into some machines and it's – they're getting into sensory. It's more than VR. But they were able to bring that online last year with the Explorer Pass. So if you have a VR headset, like a lot of people do at home, uh, you're able to participate in some of the stories that they have filmed for that. But honestly, that may be the best way to go, in my opinion, is to see which day of the festival you like the most. Not in person, unless you're there, but the online, because you have a difference of having the premieres of that day, but then also the secondary viewings for whatever premiered the previous day. And if you're able to time it perfectly, you'll be able to get as much as, uh, you know, you can binge watch in a day. Um, and to even go off what Zach was saying earlier, if there's a movie that you really want to see, yeah, that's what the big packages are for because uh, it gives you early access. But honestly, you could just go and become a Sundance member. It's 60 bucks to just get the intro one. Not only does that give you discounts on tickets, discounts on merch, but it also allows you to be able to select tickets, uh, I think, like the day prior. So that's also another good way to make sure that you're able to get a heads up on everybody else's ticket selections. Uh, and again, I'd rather that $60 option uh, with more benefits than a whopping 750 because that makes no sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, the option we haven't talked about yet is the single ticket option. Those of you who are, are going to risk it and wait until the last minute, these these ones don't uh, don't go on sale until January 5th. But for 20 bucks a movie, it's a pretty good deal. And then you can pick exactly what movies you want. And like we said, if any last year's any indication, you're going to get most of the stuff you want, even if you wait for that single film, uh, film ticket package. Uh, even though it is here under the in-person, it is also online, in-person and not mm-hmm. online. So, yeah, a lot of different options. Curious what people are planning to do. How how ham are you going on Sundance? Are you going all in? Are you getting your day package for a couple days? Or are you just going to ride some single ticket options uh, and choose here and there, you know, pick out your selections? We should talk about those selections a little bit. Uh, but I also think we should get into the sort of breakdown of how these films are screening because mm-hmm. Sundance instead is doing this interesting hybrid uh, festival where the films will premiere in person. So we see here for Emily, the criminal, it has its premiere date on January 24th in the Eccles. That should be fun. I'm going to favorite that one. Boom. Uh, and then they have the online options so usually it will premiere a day after it premieres in person online. So we have the 24th as the in-person premiere, and then the online premiere happens the next day, January 25th. Now, uh, this one is tagged to a specific time, 8 p.m. The online premieres are going to have, I think it's either a three- or four-hour window. Do you remember, Art? Uh, I believe they say it's a four-hour window this year. Regardless of as long as you start it, I believe it's three hours to begin the movie. Right. So if it begins at 8, you get from 8, 9, 10, 11, really 10, 59. As long as you begin your movie with any of that within that time slot, you then have four hours to finish it. 
we did have questions because there are some two really big documentaries that are well over four hours. We don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> but for the most part, as long as you start it within that time frame, you then have four hours to finish it. Mind you, if you have then a 10 p.m. showing, you do want to make sure you start it in time because you may begin one movie late and be able to finish it, but then you're going to run out of time for your next one. So that's just one of the things to keep in mind. They seem to be a little bit more flexible this year, uh, especially when it comes to the second showings. Right. So you see here for the Emily second showing, it says it starts at 8 a.m. Well, that doesn't mean you have to get up that early because it's going to be available until January 29th. Now, I don't know if this is actually extended uh, because press have a slightly longer window. I think... uh, non-press member, non-press and industry get a 48-hour window. Uh, I'm doing mm-hmm. quick math. That seems like 72 hours to me. So it would be until January 28th at 8 a.m. Um, so that's plenty of time for you to start it whenever you want. That second screening window is probably the most flexible, the the, the most easy-to-use option for you at the mm-hmm. festival. I would agree. Uh, and then it allows you to start it whenever you want. So mm-hmm. if you have like a day with a bunch of secondary viewings, you get to pick your schedule as opposed to you having to be there for the premiere day. And at 8 p.m. you're watching this and at 10 p.m. you're watching that. So, yeah, definitely easier to fit into your schedule for sure. Uh, Want to go into the comments. Thanks to everybody who's following along live on the live stream. Pink Sweets mentions it looks like you can only buy the $100 one day only option <laughs> twice. I mean, Oh, that's garbage. You know, don't don't tell them I told you this, but you can maybe just open up a second email and get, get around that. But uh, don't yeah. tell them we told you this. But <laughs> if you do also buy a single ticket, it does want you to watch it uh, to pay for a ticket for everybody who's there with you. So if you buy a single ticket, make sure it's only you mm-hmm. in the room online. Yeah, definitely don't um, watch this with friends or family. I don't know how that works out, to be honest with you, because then, you know, I don't know if you're going to be creating several accounts, if you have different members in your household, then I guess it would be fine to have multiple things. I don't understand why you would limit it to that much, but I guess if anything, pick the days that you would want Yeah. with this obstacle here for the online package and then use the awards package to really wrap up those final days, because I believe the awards will take you through what would be the final like three days when they're showcasing those for the best of fest. Mm hmm. Uh, Cinephile Davis asks, when do online tickets go on sale? Can you buy the $60 membership now? Uh, yeah, I think the membership is available you all, buy the year membership long, now. all year long. All so. year long. And they give you some extra screeners as well that they'll throw your way, be it in person, maybe even online. But you also get discounts. So you can get it right now and buy a bunch of merch. That's what I'm going to do. Literally pays for the amount of merch that I'm going to buy. It ends up being the discount. Yep. Uh, but in terms of the individual tickets, I know Zach broke down that they will be going on sale in those dates right there. Yep, December 15th. So that's tomorrow. That's part of the reason why we wanted to do this breakdown today. So you can uh, make your decisions, be ready, be informed. Uh, The single film tickets don't go on sale, though, until January 5th. So Mm -hmm. you have a little bit longer to think about uh, the movies if you're just trying to pick out certain movies. But if you are trying to get one of those bigger passes, you're trying to pick up a block of movies, think about it within the next 24 hours. Uh, not that I think they'll they'll sell out that quickly. So you might have a little more time than that. Yo, well, let's talk about these movies, though, dude. This is a jam-packed festival, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, it is an exciting slate, an exciting program for sure. Uh, it's always a little bit like Christmas to, to look at the lineup for a new film festival that you're going to and pick out all the new exciting options. Look at the screenshots or the little uh, thumbnails they give you or read the little plot descriptions or, or check it out. That's a director whose name I recognize and and make your selections for what the uh, best movies might be from the festival. Mm -hmm. So we're going to break this one down category by category uh, and let us know if you have any questions or if there are any movies in particular you're excited for along the way in the live stream. Art, which category do you want to go with first? Because there's a lot of exciting stuff. There is a lot. Uh, I broke it down in this way because I would always pitch it to people is go back to the previous years. You know, on Wikipedia, they have the entire list there. Figure out which category uh, tends to produce some of the movies that you end up liking the most yeah, in that year. for sure. And, and maybe stick to that category. Uh, the way that I would break it down is you have your dramatic competition. So you have the U.S. dramatic world dramatic and then the premieres dramatic they used to actually separate premieres between the the docs and narratives now they've combined it uh and then you have your docs 
your US doc competition, your world doc competition, and your premiere doc competition. You then have your spotlight, which would be any movies throughout the year that have been like getting a bunch of buzz. They're actually playing uh, uh, the worst person in the world, which is really exciting to see. You might actually get a chance to catch it there. Um, they just gather them all there for that. Obviously, every festival has a midnight showing for all the spooky stuff. The next category is really interesting this year. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. The whole point of the next category is that they're not necessarily being experimental, but they're trying something different with the way that they're showcasing these movies. Uh, and then, of course, there's the, the kids section and the short section. But I'd say let's uh, let's start with the dramatics right off the bat. Let's go to the U.S. Dramatic Competition, then we'll do World, and then some of the premieres. All right, let's do it. Uh, U.S. Dramatic, which is the category that tends to have the biggest uh, debuts, right? Coda, Whiplash. Exactly. When, when there is like a film that premieres here and then eventually lands itself in the Oscars race or something like that, it tends to come from the U.S. dramatic category. Uh, a lot of exciting new filmmakers, people that you probably haven't heard of. You know, th these are filmmakers who are often making their debut. So let's look at some of these features. Art, was there anything that jumped out to you right away from uh, the slate? Yeah, uh, here are my top four just off the bat. Yeah. 892 is a drama thriller featuring John Boyega and where it's practically – it kind of sounds like a John Q scenario where he walks into a Wells Fargo and he's got a bomb. And he's like got everything just out there in the open and where uh, it's supposed to be this thriller that is like kind of looking at himself. I, I believe he's supposed to be a veteran. Uh, and obviously – <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be tense. It sounds like he's going to kill this performance. And I'm just very curious to see where they're going to take it, considering the, the director's backstory is he's worked a lot with Google and Disney and Universal uh, as like a think tank. So I can I can, can't, can just imagine what they're going to do with this one. Uh, that's probably at the top of my list for the U.S. dramatic. Uh, at number two, I have Alice, which features Kiki Palmer in sort of a reverse. Um, I don't know why I'm blinking on the name where she goes instead of it being back in time to the past, it's uh, a woman in slavery who ends up going into the future. And I believe she's in the 1970s. And it's her comparing, you know, antebellum times to what would be these times during all the protests that are happening. Uh, Common is also in it. This one is my second hyped of the competition. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I think we've seen versions of this story uh, with with white protagonists, and I I don't know if mm -hmm. I can point to anyone with a non-white protagonist. There is, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole book about the the reverse of this type of storyline, which uh, I think is I've been waiting yeah. to see. That. I but know they kind of made Antebellum last time, but yeah, no, this one looks fantastic. It's my second most hyped. Uh, at number three would be Duel. Uh, it's yes. a sci-fi thriller about. Finding a clone that's supposed to, like, replace you, I am completely all in. The cast looks fantastic with this one. Uh, yeah, just look at that thumbnail right there alone. Uh, this is my, my, my third hype when it comes to the competition. And then wrapping it for me would be Watcher, a thriller that stars uh, Micah Monroe, many who may know her from It Follows, uh, in what's supposed to be kind of like a, a tense thriller that follows her while she's on vacation, I believe. And she feels someone's watching her, but you don't know if it's just her anxiety or if there's somebody actually there. Um, those would be my top four. I don't know if you have any. I know that there's a director who did a really big South by one that's coming back with a, an even cooler title than what his South by feature was. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to circle back to Duel because that is definitely on my list for the uh, U.S. dramatic category. That is the boy Riley Stearns who yes, sir. Uh, made The Art of Self-Defense. He made Faults, a couple movies that I liked quite a bit. So I, I, I'm excited to see whatever he's got up his sleeves. I think he's an interesting director. Uh, so Duel is on my list. And then I also have Master. I don't know if you uh, took a look at Master at, uh, at all. Um, I'm even forgetting why I was interested in this one. I think it was maybe just the cast because Regina Hall is the star of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Regina uh, Hall's got a couple on her, too. It's not just this one. I have another yeah. Regina oh, yeah. Hall movie that is definitely at the top to of my one. list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am excited for this one because the director worked on a couple episodes or uh, one or two of uh, Random Acts of Flyness, so I'm very curious to see how they handle it. That might have been it. I think I looked up the director. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, U.S. Dramatic, awesome. a lot of awesome stuff usually comes from this category. 
Uh, I was looking at Watcher too. Micro Monroe, yeah. I feel like, is good. trying to stake her claim as like the horror queen or whatever it is. And uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth was a South by one that I was talking about. Okay. Uh, that one looks good because that's the dude who did Shithouse and he won the grand jury. If oh, I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes, over at South by. Cooper so Rafe. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do with this one. Uh, I thought his previous was good. I know a lot of people loved it. So I'm curious to see if this is going to be the one that, that puts me even more into his camp because. Uh, He's, I think, starring in it again, which he likes yeah. to do. This I, is like what would happen after the events of Shithouse. So we'll he, see how that goes. He's got a pretty big cast in this one, too. Uh, Dakota Johnson, Leslie Mann as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. A lot, I, a lot of good ones. I got to keep that one on my list. Uh, oh, well, I shouldn't have closed that tab. Uh, should we go to documentary or world dramatic? What do you think? Uh, yeah, let's keep it with the doc competition. Go to U.S. Docs. Uh, there's a couple of good ones there as Zach pulls it up. There's you know, some interesting stuff dealing with TikTok boom, uh, a <laughs> retrospective on TikTok and how big it's gotten. I personally feel we're still a little too close to how it's growing. But it is coming from the director who worked on Coded Bias from uh, previous Sundance, oh, which nice. I really liked. Um, I'm also really looking forward to Aftershock, which kind of covers um, the – kind of maternity uh, in hospitals and how it's handled for uh, black women in America. Free Chol Sol Lee is like a murder mystery. I, I want to say that they're going back and kind of investigating what happened in this murder because the people who outed the person who they thought was guilty, it was only because they looked like every other Asian person. <laughs> and that's the premise of that doc. But my top four that I'm very interested to see, uh, starting from the bottom, would be The Janes. This is a movie yes. that's touting all of this uh, behind-the-scenes – not really behind-the-scenes footage, but archival footage from Chicago uh, during a period in time in the 60s where a lot of stuff was obviously going on here. And it focuses on The Janes who were uh, a group of women who anonymously were trying to help uh, other women get you know, health – stuff and you know, abortions and just different things yeah um and in particular this movie has a kind of narrative counterpart that we're going to get to in the premieres starring um elizabeth banks so i'm a little bit more interested in the documentary but there will also be one called call jane that we're going to get to in the premieres but i'm very curious to see uh the background to this and all, all, all the stuff that goes into it and just a lot of the, you know, what Chicago used to look like back in the 70s. Same. Um, it, it's also got, like, the way that the uh, plot description is phrased, too. In the spring of 1972, police raided an apartment on the south side of Chicago. Seven women were arrested and charged, and they were part of a, accused of being part of a clandestine network. I think that sort of uh, hints at this really interesting kind of, like, underground movement that, you know, hopefully is, is given justice in uh, documentary. But, you know, t- when films like this get accepted into Sundance, I, I feel like that's usually a stamp of approval over yes, how they handle these topics. They're like the female Capones, dude, smuggling stuff. If anybody knows anything about the speakeasies in Chicago, I can just imagine what they're going to have captured for this. Uh, my number three would be I Didn't See You There. It's a uh, filmmaker uh, who's really showcasing his disability from the perspective of his point of view. I feel like this is going to be a movie that's probably going to be one of the most visually stunning ones. This and another documentary we're about to get to on this mm-hmm. list uh, where he is putting it all from his perspective, in particular because he lives next to a circus. And one of the things that he's really contrasting is how a lot of people have always seen the freak show as, you know, this wonder to pay a ticket for and to kind of gaze at. And it's kind of his whole experience that he's trying to put you in um, about how he's treated when he goes out. And I think that there have been some really good Sundance documentaries that have covered uh, this kind of perspective from anybody who's had any type of disability and such but uh i'm very curious to see what he does with this considering he's also directing it so that is in my top three definitely. along with fire of love which i know is yes, also in yours this one looks to be one that may be a little bit slow because i believe it's about uh these two i, I never knew the name of it volcanologist uh they work with volcanoes and there's this french couple that have always been together and this is all of the footage from the past couple of decades that I'm sure is going to be stunning to look at. So I'm very excited for that one. Um, that's one of the ones that I almost want to catch in a theater. Just, I mean, look at the scope of that thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, that yeah, like that image, don't you want to see this on a big screen? And just so you all Come know, on. if you're ever on these pages, those three dots right there means that there's some other uh, images available right under the picture. So in case one image doesn't get you, oh, maybe the next one will or the third one. I- I'm really excited for this one. I think this may be one of the best looking uh, movies of the fest. For um, sure. 
But wrapping up the U.S. docs for me would be this movie that really – I don't know. I'm kind of curious. It's called Descendant. And it's about these residents in Mobile, Alabama, and how the community comes together, uh, realizing that a lot of them were descendants from the last illegal ship that came into America with slaves. Hmm. I, I feel they're going to be on something with this movie. It's at the top of my list. Uh, I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that this one's going to hit. Uh, but the Janes, I didn't see you there. Fire, Love, and Descendants. Uh, and then again, I had mentioned Free Cho So Lee. Um, some really good U.S. docs that are on the horizon. All right. Let's get into the World Cinema Dramatic Competition. It's the category that Hive won last year. Rightfully uh, so. And lots of good films coming from this category, too. It's cool because you get, you know, uh, views from around the world. A lot of interesting stuff here. What stands out, what stands out to you, Art? Uh, well, really quick, there is a movie called Gentle there that's supposed to follow like a bodybuilder, and it's a brand new actress who's never worked. Mm -hmm. Literally a bodybuilder. Just I always <laughs> find that fascinating. Just want to put that out there. We'll see what they do with that. But I was thinking to my top four. My first one would come from Mexico, and it's called Dos Estaciones, about this woman who makes her own tequila, but then the corporations are coming in to make theirs, and it's how she's struggling. It reminds me of Freeland. Yeah. Um, last year, which was uh, a woman in California, many of you may know her from her big role in Krisha, uh, where she had her own weed and then weed got legalized. So then, you know, she got pushed out to a degree. This looks like a really solid movie in terms of just a, a small business owner trying to make it on her own, but also trying to keep the authenticity of what, you know, tequila represents, uh, you know, in her place. So I'm really looking forward to that one, Dos Estaciones. The next one is this sci-fi comedy called Brian and Charles. An yeah. endearing outlier, Brian lives alone in Welsh inventing oddball contraptions. But then he gets an idea. Three days a washing machine washing machine, and a uh, couple sundry parts later, he's invented Charles, an intelligent robot who learns English from a dictionary. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm curious to see what they got. This is a movie Same. from, let me check over here. Uh, it's it's a British movie, so I can just imagine the the type of humor that they're gonna have with this one, and it's also adapted by uh, the director's con winning short. So, I feel like whenever see. you get an outlandish premise like this, it's kind of like you have to just see what they're going for, right? Like, what well, yeah, what they got up their sleeves. Yeah. Um, this next one too, Leonard will never die. A woman is making a movie script. Ends up getting hit by the TV in her house, I guess. <laughs> Ends up in the unfinished movie script. Let's go. I'm not going to say anything else. That sounds fantastic to me. Uh, I believe this one comes from the Philippines. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I'm excited for this one. I'm always a, a big fan of like a movie within a movie type thing. Uh, and it's when she's in that world that she ends up figuring out how to finish her script. Um, that would be my second highest because my top for this one is one that goes into my top 10 most anticipated. You Won't Be Alone. Rumi Rapaz stars in this yeah. as just one of many witches in this story that starts, I believe, in the 19th century and goes all the way to modern day as multiple people play this witch character that just embodies different roles, almost like a Cloud Atlas type style. Uh, this one is coming from Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Um and it's also interesting because if you scroll down to the director. Okay, they finally have something. Bro, last time they didn't have anything from Eat the Artist. And I was like, all right, this person. It's a mystery. <laughs> this person's trying too hard to be a mystery. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this one just because uh, it's pitching itself as a witch movie like you've never seen before. Hmm. Uh, and this is also one of the uh, thumbnails that they've been pushing a lot. So this yeah. is my most anticipated from the world dramatic. Definitely. I don't know why. Like Maybe it's just like a, a confirmation bias thing. But when they use a thumbnail as like the cover of the category, I feel like that's like, oh, they, they like that one. That one's going to be good. <laughs> um, my picks from this category are the Finnish film, Girl Picture. This kind of sounds just sort of like a, a sexual something a coming of age comedy kind of thing, and I, I just like a coming of age film. I think you know Amanda, and, Amanda and I will probably get a kick out of this one. We're always on board for a for a young teenage type people become adults. I don't know if they're teenagers actually, but uh, yeah, I'm excited Solid. for girl picture, and then I'm also into Marte Um. Uh, this tell me. 
Yeah, because this is also a day one selection, and I kind of feel like if they're picking you day one, that's also a bit of a confidence uh, vote of confidence too. Everything that aired day one last year, I would say, was like really solid in terms of some mm-hmm. dance movies. Uh, this is a drama about a family in Brazil, and it's uh, how they cope with the news that an extremist president has been elected. I mean, it sounds just kind okay. of fascinating, you know, and I, I have a b- bias towards Brazilian films. I feel like the country puts out a lot of uh, great cinema. So those are the ones that I'm really anticipating from that uh, world cinema dramatic competition. Nice. Documentary? World docs, let's go. All right, so I've got a couple here. Uh, my my first one that I'm really excited about is the one Sirens. I don't know if you uh, took a good look at this one. It's about the Middle East's first all-female band, uh, all-female metal band, rather, metal excuse band. me. Um, and it, I, I just think that sounds like an, inter- like, a, like an interesting topic for a documentary. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what this one uh, gets into. And then the territory also sounded interesting to me. Uh, it's about some indigenous people who are fighting for control of a section of the Amazonian rainforest. And obviously it's like a, a pressing, interesting issue. So I'm curious to see what kind of access uh, this documentary gets. You know, it has the potential to have some really incredible looking moments mm-hmm. in it too, if you see some from these pictures. So yeah, those Did you two are produced it. Oh no, tell me. Darren Aronofsky. That it's gonna be a good looking documentary. That that confirms <laughs> yes, it for me. All right. The territory is in my top two for sure, but what stood out to you from here? Uh that one would have been my number four right there. All right, the cool. uh, territory. So yeah, you had that one right at the top. Uh my other ones, my top three would be the mission, which is uh following Finland and it's practically showing you all of the uh Mormons who do their big mission over to Finland, but how it's kind of wheedling down. And it's gonna be very interesting to see the perspective the director's going for, because it's she's noting how Finland is becoming more and more atheist. So uh what the cause and effects and all of that that deal with it, but also it's supposed to be like a real in-depth look at what these kids go through one of our favorite shorts from last year was one that also talked uh that followed this this kid who was going through his mormon faith but i I think it was in a spanish country right so now you're gonna get that but him going to finland uh and that short that we're talking about also one last year i just can't remember the name but my top two tantura tape recordings from a war that is either known as the war of independence or to another group which is known as a catastrophe and kind of getting into this idea that uh, you're looking through 140 hours of audio and realizing how a narrative was set that wasn't really supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I am very excited for this one. The director uh, has worked for four different software companies, even being a CEO. So I think this is a person who kind of knows a little bit about how uh, technology uh, and in particular news can be spread in a certain way. Uh, very, very excited for this one. But not as excited as I am for this little movie called We Met in Virtual Reality. All right. You're really into this one, too. Dude, I don't know about this. There's just something about this movie. This is a director who's worked, who's made several movies in VR. And I have been very big for many years that VR is going to be, it's the next thing, really, uh, in terms of still getting a story. You know, I, I think about movies and how people were like, what? Adding sound? <laughs> adding color the next thing is really going to be this idea of like you're still watching your movies flat this is a director who has worked in the space and he is working on something here that really gets into the idea of how people meet through vr some people meet online through threads through chats this is about people who uh may be more comfortable just meeting i guess in this way like they are not even meeting in the real world maybe they are i'm not sure we haven't seen it yet but he really gets into the idea of how during covid this really uh, spawned into a way that people were able to meet people with disabilities, people with, you know, trauma of any kind. I don't know. I'm just very curious to see this type of uh, story because with previous movies like Glitch, I didn't really care about those VR people. Uh, but in other things like Searchers from last year, you really got to see how people are meeting in this new day and age. And it's not just through apps. Sometimes it just stays there in the virtual reality form. Um, so that's the top of my list for the world dogs. Things could be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Where where is this one from? That it's a world doc and not a U.S. doc. Do you know? I have abs- I think it's just because it does like a 
a, a twofer type thing. It's the UK. The UK. So I guess. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I just got really excited for it. Perfume Genius is doing some of the music. I gotta put this on my list. For the virtual one. Yeah. I got to. Yeah. There was a, a couple of other ones over here that I know. Um, Oppenheimer. They, it could be in the premiere, so we'll get to them in a little bit. But uh, there's a couple of the guy who did the act of killing or the act of silence, the look of silence. He's coming on as a producer for uh, one of these docs, but I think that may be in the premiere. So if you want to get to that, yeah, like I said, the premieres used to be divided between what would be the narrative features and the docs. Now they kind of combine them all into one. So I don't know if you divvied yours up in a certain way, but it should be two pages worth of stuff. Uh, just loading. Yeah, the premiere section is is stacked this year. I couldn't pick just two. Because there are so many interesting films here. Uh, I like mean, you said, let's just go. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go through it, and we'll give the the thumbs up or or however we feel. <laughs> this first one, Second Chance, is a documentary. Do you know by who? Ramin Barani, the dude who did The White Tiger, Ninety Nine Homes. That. Not just that, Zach. He got what? Uh, Roger Ebert's approval. <laughs> Bro, when you click on that, when you click on there, and you go to his uh, autobiography, it's on there too. Roger Ebert proclaimed Barani as the director of the decade in 2010. <laughs> this man's never leaving that behind. But this is a documentary about the dude who created, like the in 1969, the vest and he bulletproof, uh, bulletproof vest. vest, and he shot himself 192 times to prove it. And then it's how maybe it was disproved. So that is actually in my top four in terms of premiere docs. Am I OK is interesting because this is a movie uh, directed by Tig Notaro as well as her writing partner, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, who are co-directing it about the two friends who are about to be separated because one's moving to London. But then one opens up that they're actually gay. Uh, Will Ferrell is also producing it along with Dakota Johnson, who's in there. St. Vincent is doing the music. Uh, who is also really good friends with Dakota Johnson. But I just want to shout out Sonoyo Mizuno, who was in Devs. Yeah. She's been in a lot of Alex Garland movies. She is about to be in House of the Dragon. She's right there in that image, right there on the right. Put your stock in this actress right now is all I'm, yeah, I'm going to say. But for sure. This looks like a pretty good one. Like the cast a lot in that one. That one is on my list of ones that I've shortlisted, as well as this next one, Brainwashed Sex camera power this is a th this looks like another one of the video essay films that we've uh, seen recently looking at uh the politics of how sex is shot in film you see here it's pulling from 175 film clips classic hollywood movies I i'm really excited for a film that's gonna you know focus on a certain topic in terms of how films are are viewed in cinema and try to you know get some kind of analysis out of it change our understanding of it i, I love somebody who's uh willing to take that kind of deeper look at a lot of stuff and you know if it's getting into sundance i think it's going to be elevated a little bit over typical like youtube essay flair hopefully it's going to be more woodlands dark and dreary you know stuff like oh, that man. They got good interviews from a lot of uh, famous actresses and filmmakers, so. Yeah, shouts uh, Eliza Hitman. Come on, Intercut. You, you talk That's to true. them, talk to us too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got in the premieres category? Um, right there on the left was the movie called Jane that we were talking about in terms of it being the narrative feature of a woman who is take, who is here during this time. Right. I will say I'm a little iffy with it only because they're like, there is racial segregation. There are riots going on. There is a, uh, housewife. <laughs> and I'm like, right. okay, we'll see. We'll yeah. See it, is it how it. one white woman solved all these problems or is it going to be actually a nuanced, interesting not, story? But... I mean, it kind of sounds like the narrative version of that, the Jane's documentary too. That's so. who she ends up meeting with. So. It'll be interesting to see two different uh, ways to tell that story. Uh, there's Downfall, the case against Boeing, which is, looks like an interesting feature. Mm -hmm. The two planes that crashed a couple of years ago when yeah. it's all the families coming together to realize that, yo, these airlines, because of Wall Street, they're cutting a lot of stuff. And it's this whole investigation into this this company. Uh, it's going to be depressing, I can tell yep. you that much. But that's why you then got to go see Emily the Criminal, another one that is definitely in my top – I think I have it at my top three in terms of the narratives where Same. Aubrey Plaza is – she's got a criminal record from a past thing. So besides not being able to make it out of school because of all of her debt, she decides to take on this job where she's a dummy shopper. She buys stuff with uh, stolen credit cards. 
then starts falling in love with the person who's kind of like her handler. We love Audrey Plaza. We love Audrey Plaza at Sundance. Yep. We, we want to see this one in theaters, so I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I'm just there whenever she commits to a movie like this. So uh, I'm excited watch for Black it. Bear. Yeah, watch Black Bear and then go watch Emily the Criminal. Uh, Final Cut. I don't know how to feel about Final Cut. Uh, you tell me, because it's got an interesting premise. It comes from a renowned director, Michel Hazanavisius, who's the guy who directed The Artist. You may remember Best Picture winning film, and The director. Artist. Um, but the premise is kind of exactly the same as One Cut for the Dead. Zach, it is a remake of One Cut for the Dead. Oh, is it literally a remake? It, oh, is, it is a, a literal a remake, remake of The Beloved. Of they one, didn't say that in the first paragraph, so I didn't realize it. It is a remake of One Cut of the Dead. Interesting. Go watch One Cut of the yeah. Dead, one of my favorite ones. I will say, this is the French version, so we still have not gotten the American one, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe uh, the, the These stupid Hollywood movies. remakes of foreign <laughs> movies, when will it end? When will Hollywood learn? <laughs> Ah, uh, so yes, if you have not seen the original, definitely go catch it. But if you're interested to see what the French are bringing in, yes, they are. Uh, they're making a remake to one cut of that French remake called Final Cut. Potentially we'll good enough to have gotten into Sundance, the the festival that we'll also accepted the round renowned remake of Force Majeure downhill. This better not be a Force Majeure. Oh my God's <laughs> Country. This is a, another one that uh, reminded me a little bit of the one that you were shouting out, I believe, Master uh, in the yeah. U.S. narrative. But this one's Sandy Newton, and she's pretty much playing a woman who uh, I think she works at the school, and it's pretty much <laughs> she's facing toxic masculinity, all these different things that they throw at her. Uh, but this definitely looks like it's going to be a character piece of like what pushes her to the edge. So I'm very curious to always see Sandy Newton lead a role. Absolutely. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. This one I'm I'm hoping is going to be fun. It stars Emma Thompson as a woman who doesn't know good sex and then decides to go out there and do something about that. Uh, I feel like you need somebody with the kind of on-screen presence of some, of a Emma Thompson to mm-hmm. pull off a story like this and and make it fun. So I have hopes that this will be one of the the comedy gems of the festival. Hopefully. We'll see. All right. This is the one that you were alluding to earlier uh, in terms of getting a little bit more of Regina Hall. I'm excited for this one. And also speaking of that bias of like the images they show you, this is one of the three images they show you on the main Sundance Festival page. So maybe somebody uh, who's responsible for Sundance's website thinks this movie is very good. I know I'm excited for uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. What are you excited for with this one? Um, again, the, just the fact that you have Regina Hall, Sterling K. Brown playing this couple uh, who are being shot in a mockumentary style because their church is like losing funds. So they need to like go back because I believe the pastor has done something wrong. Uh, the directors for this are a directing duo known as the Evo Twins. This is based off of their debut short film that was also shot in the mockumentary style. They Zach worked on Atlanta. They're going to be working with Gambino in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, this is so at the top of my list. There's only one other thing that's edging it out. But honestly, once I see them both, this may be one of my favorite narratives of the year. Yeah. Is the one that's edging it out the uh, four and a half hour Kanye West documentary genius? No, because this is a doc. I have a narrative that edges it okay. out. Genius, though, edges that out almost completely because this may be my most anticipated movie of the festival. I'm really excited this for this one. It's coming to Netflix. So for those of you who cannot sit for four and a half hours, yes, know that. But this is a movie that is uh, been in the works for so long. If you follow Kanye, you know he's recorded all of his sessions, all of his studio time. This is coming uh, – see, what I'm trying to get the year over here – in 1998 was when the directors first met him. The directors being Cootie and Chike who worked on Through the Wire with him. And have all of this footage of his entire process in his life. I want to see this in theaters, but but I don't know if Zach wants to sit for four and a half hours. <laughs> so we may have to do the screener on this. Again, it is coming to Netflix, but it is quite possibly my most anticipated movie of the festival. 
yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm really, really excited for this one. I mean, just that they are going to that length. We were talking about the Beatles documentary recently and how that length kind of give, gives you almost a different perspective because you get so intimate with them. Uh, definitely curious to see how uh, Genius is going to use that long runway. All right. Ismail in the Discord was saying that this is the one he's most excited for, and I know that you are too. Talk a it little is. bit about La Guerra Civil. Again, this is probably my third hype of the fest in general and would have been for the docs if it wasn't right there on the butt of genius. But this is literally looking at uh, Oscar de la Hoya, uh, who would have been from uh, L.A. and he's kind of the Mexican-American immigrant, whereas you then have Julio Cesar Chavez, who is from Mexico and would be considered <laughs> he's I was about to call him the golden boy, but Oscar's the golden boy. Uh, and it's actually directed by Eva Langoria. Yeah. Baston. Now is how she's going. And not just showing you this big boxing match that I think a lot of people would be interested for that perspective, but also showing you the difference between both of these men and the backgrounds that they have. But then going even further and showing you how Mexicans and who they rooted for in this fight kind of judged or, or kind of revealed what type of Mexican they wanted to be. Um, I'm beyond excited for this movie this is just one of many that proves how incredible this festival is going to be and uh just continues to push the idea that you know immigrant stories aren't just like immigrant comes works hard this is the nuances that come with what happens when you have this kind of duality between those who immigrate those who don't um maybe drifts different things and just to see it be done in probably some of the most pivotal things for any I want to say Latino growing up, if you weren't watching these with, you know, <laughs> those damn squirts and different cocktails that were being made in the other room with the chicken wings, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I am beyond excited for this movie, and I'm very excited to see what Eva brings to it. Yeah, uh, I know she's been getting a lot more into behind-the-scenes stuff, whether that's her activism work or her directing and producing, but I think this is actually the first feature documentary that she's she's made. So I'm very curious to see uh, what she goes with here, especially given that it's, it's such an interesting story. Uh, moving on to the second page, because there are that many premieres, uh, what did you think about Living? Dude, did you see what it's a remake of? Uh... The, yeah, the Kurosawa. Kurosawa's. Yeah. Ikaru. So, I don't know. We'll see. They're just doing a British version of it. Um, that's all I got to say. Let's hope it's good. <laughs> right. Uh, then Lucy and Desi. I'm curious about this one. You know, it. there's a lot of these pairings of documentaries coming out around the same time as narratives we have. Uh, mm-hmm. Later, we'll get to the Princess Diana documentary that's going to be coming out in Sundance. Uh, we have Being the Ricardos, and now we have this Lucy and Desi documentary uh, about Lucille Ball, who obviously a huge figure in the world of, uh, of TV comedy. Interestingly, this one's directed by Amy Poehler, probably I, one of the most direct descendants of Lucille's legacy. So, Literally, yeah. I, that's exciting, dude. Exactly. I feel like that's, that's the kind of person you really want to be steering that <laughs> kind of project. I'm excited uh, for it. Do you have any thoughts on some of these other ones here? Uh, my old school is interesting because they're keeping it cryptic about what happened to their Bruce Lee I don't yeah. th- or Brandon Lee. I don't know what Brandon Lee it is, but he's got a secret. Uh, going quickly through the other ones as you scroll through there. The Princess Diana one I feel may be coming to Netflix considering the director's works with Netflix. But it's just going to be archival footage mm-hmm. uh, that shows your story. Unlike the other Netflix one that is archival footage that shows you her story. Uh, Sharpstick. I don't know if you want to talk about that one because it's, uh, it's the, the girl ret- coming back. The return of Lena Dunham as writer-director. Director uh, coming back to the festival that I think kind of launched her. I'm pretty sure Tiny Furniture was a fe- was a Sundance movie, uh, and you know they, her reputation has changed a lot. But she hasn't made a whole lot of other films since then. Mm-hmm. Tiny Furniture is a good movie. I feel like people forget that in in the years since there. So I'm I'm curious about this one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's much more to it than that. Like she's a, definitely got a particular style and voice. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm curious to see her do something different than what she's been known for recently. Should be interesting. Always, you know, good yeah. to have a comedy within the list, especially when you have this thriller called Resurrection. Right. You have Rebecca Hall playing this woman who ends up coming across Tim Roth's character. She's like, I kind of recognize that man. Then continues bumping into him and continues yeah. bumping into him and continues bumping into him until she has to face something that, you know, is 
begrudging her from her past. Uh, I'm always excited to see another uh, Rebecca Hall performance. Uh, right. I know she had the Night House last year that played, so it might be a slow burn, but I'm excited for it. Okay, a couple more here quickly. Uh, to the end, a uh, political documentary about the Green New Deal. I think this comes from the same people who did the Bringing Not Down the House the documentary. House, yeah. So uh, if you were a fan of that documentary that chronicled AOC's rise into the political world, uh, definitely keep to the end on your radar. Uh, there's a couple other ones here that we should talk about, including we need to talk about Cosby, which, uh, like the Kanye documentary, is very long. This one is four hours long, and it comes from W. Kamau Bell, who you might know from his work on uh, CNN and FX and just as a stand-up comic. And, you know, at four hours long, they're obviously going to dive into a lot because he, he Cosby, of course, is a huge figure in the world of comedy and then uh, has become a much more controversial one given his, his behavior, his, his assaults. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how to quickly describe how awful uh, that story has become. Um, but I think the one that maybe I'm most excited for of the narratives is my boy, Jesse Eisenberg, making his directorial debut in When You Finish Saving the World. You told me this is an adaptation of an Audible podcast? Yeah, he had an Audible original that won a bunch of uh, awards for it and where you have this, you know, a, a son and a mom. The mom really wants to focus on her son, but he's not getting the attention. So at the shelter that she works with, tries to steal somebody else's son. Meanwhile, you have Wolfhard playing a... YouTuber musician type uh, who's become so popular but is starting to change his style because he wants to be more political to appease the girl in his class. Yo, this sounds great. Uh, We're contemplating either listening to the Audible thing afterwards or before. I'm I'm not really sure yet, but this is in my top five of the festival. I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table, man. Same. All right, uh, let's kind of steam quickly through the next and midnight categories because we're running out of some time. We're running low on time here. Uh, what were the ones you were really excited from in midnight? Uh, for midnight, the ones that I'm looking forward to are Fresh and Piggy. Fresh just seems like the craziest comedy horror that they're going to have, and it sounds like it's just going to be absolutely disgusting. Sebastian Stan is in it. Yeah, I'm Anna excited Pace for this one too. Producing, and it's already picked by picked up by Legendary. I know someone had asked, uh, "Do we know the dates of what's been picked up yet?" Not yet, but we'll keep you all updated on that. Yeah. Uh, and Piggy, that is, I believe, a Spanish movie that had a short called uh, Cerdita, where you have this girl who gets picked on for her weight, uh, and they supposedly brutalize her to the point that when she sees like a, a serial killer take the girls. She befriends a serial killer. <laughs> this sounds like the messed up type of Midnight Sundance movie I want to see. Uh, I know you had a couple that you liked from this category. Yeah, well, I actually had Fresh as well. I thought Fresh sounded exciting. Uh, it, it's, it's got a cool premise. Uh, but Meet Me in the Bathroom was the one that really stood out to me because I have been meaning to read this book. It's a book that uh, chronicles the the New York alt-rock scene in like the 2000s, early 2000s, when uh, it was like the Strokes and groups like that, LCD sound system, yeah, yeah, yeahs. Uh, but what I found interesting is that this documentary is popping up in the midnight category, which is usually reserved to like horrors and like sex comedies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So, so what is in this documentary that it needs to be screened after dark? Uh, So I I definitely want to catch that one. What about in next? You were talking about next is the category that always has like bold, different films that take some chances. Uh, What are you looking forward to in this? Uh, there's a bunch of interesting things here. One, uh, some of the ones would be Riotsville. This comes yes. from a director who last year uh, I listened to her entire speech about archiving and copyright. So to see her have a whole feature-length film here that's just literally going through archives to kind of give you uh, how just different administrations and commissions and I don't even know what it's about, but it's pretty much about America, I guess, uh, <laughs> all done through archival footage. That sounds like a next movie to me. Mija sounds like it's combining the kind of story elements of – almost like a, I Carry You With Me, and where it is a uh, music producer who's trying to get somebody else under the wing because they've lost their biggest artist, but they're also struggling not just with making quality music, not just with making money, but also not getting deported. Um, but something in the dirt, dude. Yes. The boys are back. The boys. Benson and Moorhead starring in their movies again. That's what I like. I mean, I get tired of it, but it's what I like. <laughs> yeah. I like seeing that they got that Marvel check and they still have something else up exactly. their sleeve. Exactly. And it, just that they're doing this uh, makes me feel like they're taking a chance. You know, that it is in the next category makes me feel like we're going to get something that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these guys are, 
they call them DIY wonder kids and they deserve that reputation at this point. Everything. So. Look at that. They do everything. Yeah. But yeah, this one's uh, known as a paranoid tale where every answer imaginable is just a Google search away. I'm very excited for that one. Um, I had the cathedral on here. Honestly, very shallow reason. It, it's about an only child and I kind of want to – I was an only <laughs> child. I want to see a story – I need some for only sure. child representation. I can't tell you much. For sure. Much narrative fiction about only childdom. Uh, so, uh, in Spotlight, definitely yeah. y'all need to catch Worst Person in the World while I'll be catching after Yang. Yes. Uh, Kogonata's newest film. He did Columbus, which premiered at Sundance and I really liked. Finally, it's making its way to Sundance. I know it premiered at other festivals, but I'm very excited to catch that on the Spotlight uh, category. So uh, After Yang. Hell, I even, I even want to – what did I say? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, okay. It took a while to pop up. Yeah, yeah man. So. It premiered at last year's Con Festival, or not last year, which this is, year. Which oh, next year, cool. by next year, it'll be last year. It just feels like it's been so long since people have been talking about seeing this movie, and it, it's Kogonata and Colin Farrell. I just, I really want to see it, man. I'm excited for it. It's um, high up another on interesting list. one that's not even in spotlight. It's in kids, dude. They yeah. always have like two kids I, movies. I know which one you're talking about because we're getting a kids movie from like a pretty interesting director this year. It's a movie called Summering. That's, you know, they say it's for the whole family, but they do have a little warning because I guess there's some parental advisory for some stuff that happens. Um, it is coming from the director, James Ponsalt, who did Smashed. Spectacular now and the end of the tour. Yes. Uh, I've never been more excited for a kids movie. Uh, from Sundance since that one we were making fun of a couple years ago, if you if you caught on with the previous podcast. But uh, yeah, dude, no, this is a stacked year's list. Even the ones we didn't mention, I can't wait to have to come in and be like, I even have this ones that I really liked from last year uh, ended up beating uh, the one with the, the mother-daughter duo and how everything went against them. I'm blinging on the name now, but that, that one just recently got a release as well. Uh, La Planeta. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited. And then obviously we still have all the shorts and any indie episodics. There is this one uh, TV series that they're premiering in all three parts called Instant Life about the woman whose husband created the sea monkeys <laughs> and the fight that she needs to get those back. It's just a stack list, man. If you're watching from the comfort of your own home, you know, binge as many as you can. Uh, as I always say, definitely keep a lookout on your favorite categories and what uh, tends to produce your favorites, but also a lookout on what may already be picked up. A lot of these movies, in my opinion, if they're going to be picked up by Netflix and flipped by February, March, or even April, mm-hmm. just wait for that. But it's a lot of these movies, like Zach was telling you, where you have one like After Gang that if you didn't catch it at Con, damn, are you a whole year late to that movie and it's still not out so definitely look out for a lot of the competition ones for the premieres you know they're big movies but a lot of them will already have their dates set uh look for those little tiny ones that may interest you and and give them a shot because that's the whole point of a festival yeah i think it was uh cinephile davis here who asked which of these films already have a release date or already have been picked up We'll probably get some of that news in the month or two we have leading up to the festival. I feel like in January you'll start to see some trailers and you'll start to see some more uh, some more buzz about these movies. And then you know IFC Films will pick one up. A twenty four might pick one up. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Netflix. Netflix will pick three up and probably two documentaries that are true crime related. Well, the Jesse Eisenberg one is A twenty four already. Is it already? So yeah, there you go. So that actually might be. Uh, a good one to you know if you don't want to wait six months or something because that sounds like it'll be like a summer a24 release or something like that Mm -hmm. you know good it's worth keeping in mind things like that uh let me know if you have any other questions if you are with us in the live stream we'll try and hit a couple before we wrap things up here uh pink sweets is mentioning that there's going to be a short with rachel senate so we'll definitely have to catch that one out the star of shiva baby in a, a sundance short I, have, I think I know uh, – I'll have to spotlight a couple different shorts because there's a few people that I've heard of who are get, who got into the festival. Um, you know, that that's the thing is like the shorts are often overlooked. But if you don't know what you want to watch, to just buy that $50 Explorer package and watch all the shorts, you'll get so, so much entertainment. To. Yeah. Yep. It, it's really, really worth it. Uh, <laughs> Pink Sweets also mentioned there's there's no Christopher Abbott joint this year round. The uh, the king of Sundance has abdicated his crown. He has to take a break, man. He has to take a break. 
I think Aubrey Plaza's coming for it. It's a couple years in a row now, I think, with her. and these, She don't take uh, a break. Yeah. Aubrey don't take a break. Yeah, yeah. So Aubrey Plaza, we'll, we'll see Aubrey how Plaza's good. Aubrey Plaza's had a movie every year that I've gone to Sundance. Yeah. Without fail. We'll, we'll see how good Emily the Criminal is, but uh, the the... The patriarchy might be a matriarch. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is there for the king becoming the queen. It's a plazaarchy. <laughs> uh, Cinephile Davis says, I'd bet ma- money A24 will get summering since they did most of his previous films. That That's an interesting, uh, in- interesting thought. Maybe, maybe there's a reason they didn't produce this one or something. I don't know. Also, mm-hmm. has A24 done a kid's movie? I'm curious. Spring Breakers? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, Ricky says, what's the best package for online single ticket? If you want to watch a few, uh, we kind of talked about this day a little pass. bit earlier, but yeah, those day passes, it, it's $25 per movie. So you're only paying five more than you would for the single movie. And then you, you get access to that whole day. You, uh, I think you get to select maybe earlier than you would if you get the single day passes. So probably the best or yeah, like you said, just Pick those single day, uh, those single tickets here and there if there are some films that you're excited for. But yeah, make sure to leave us comments or send us an email, intercutpod at gmail.com. If you have any more questions about Sundance, we will keep talking about Sundance as we get closer to the fest and answering your questions uh, as we get there. But I think that wraps just about wraps us up for this live stream. Catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, YouTube, and every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher, I like Overcast, and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. We can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday, and make sure you're ch- uh, checking out the live streams whenever we do them. Please leave us a comment, like the videos, and consider Consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. Shout out to our listeners in Poland for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there. Dziękuję. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at IntercutPod. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IntercutPod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, and from all of our guests here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you at the Eccles.